Hello and welcome to episode 1086 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Tuesday, August 16th. I'm your host, Paul Spore. Joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? Doing pretty well. Uh, I can't believe that it's mid-August. Football creep has officially started to hit for me a little bit. I got to be honest. Uh, listen, I know Hard Knocks is the same every year, but they found a winning formula. Why, why veer from it? And the fact that it's my Lions this year is getting mm. me hyped. Is getting me hyped, okay? Um, but I'm still fully dialed in on fantasy baseball, and that's why I've been trying to, like, push it, push it, push it. Like, I I'll get to my football stuff later because I got leagues to win. Or at least to cash in. That's what I'm going for. So uh, our main event well, aren't is you insane. special? <laughs> I listen. You have fallen. Okay, <laughs> let's not sugarcoat it. You have fallen. You were first back on the week of June 27th through July 3rd. You finished first. You are now 14th, and yet there are the points there. Yes, I'm. I'm not out of it. In the in points that for league. a cash are still mm -hmm. there. Now you need to figure some. The tough part is, and I can relate to this because I'm also attacking pitching. There's no starters. If you yeah. need starters this year in a 15 teamer, like down the stretch, you're in a tough spot. You yeah, just really and, are. And wins and strikeouts are like the two places where a lot of us can gain ground. Yep. Um. So like, I rolled out a two start Bumgarner this week and a two start Zach Granke this week. Um, and that's that's already started off really, really. Poorly. I took the shot on right Bradish, now. even with a yeah. trip to Toronto. He gets Boston at home. At home is what sold that. If it was at Toronto mm -hmm. at Boston, I wouldn't have done it. But I, I knew Toronto at Toronto was going to be tough. But I need potential wins, and I thought maybe he could spike when he did not. And then whatever case he can give me, so uh, I went pretty ham on that too. So I feel you there. But uh, we've got some leagues. we got some leagues to win. We're going to talk about some uh, interesting things today. we got a little bit of news and notes. Then I found this thing on uh, uh, Twitter called Ballpark Pal, just as B-A-L-L-P-A-R-K-P-A-L. And um, they did a list on guys that have missed the most homers this year. Uh, overall, it's about a 25% lower than expected season. And they did an estimated list of the guys who have lost the most. And it's some pretty interesting names. And I'm curious uh, some of your thoughts on it. And obviously, we, this is something we've been talking about uh, more nebulously with guys that you've been identifying as middling power guys that are taking a big hit. Uh, a couple guys like that have shown up on this list, but it is very interesting. We'll get into that. And then speaking of starters that we're looking for, we'll talk about some available starters of note more so in 12s, but they, and lower, but they do have some 15 team availability and we'll get into those, but let's start with the news. Uh, these two first, these first two kind of go together. Dustin May is going to return on Saturday and Walker Bueller is uh, done, done for the year. So, you know, call, call him all in order. Cause he's done, done. He has the elbow surgery. It's over Dustin may back on Saturday. What do you expect out of Dustin may? I, I know we worry about the Dodgers, Managing him very tightly. At the same time, he's making regular starts in the minors, and they don't have the standard depth that they usually do. Do you think May comes back as a, as a five inning guy consistently? He's made five in his last two starts. Yeah, I tend to not believe he will. I mean, the Dodgers have a pretty insurmountable lead in the division. Um, yeah, and. I know that they want, and I mean, they still have like a five game or five plus game lead uh, over like the number two spot in, in the National League, which everybody wants that number one spot because you don't have to play the first round game, right? Yeah. Um, and so uh, I, 
I, I know that they they want to make sure they've got that clinched up, but I think they're going to have that clinched up either way. So, like, why push it with him? I think people are going to go crazy and fab on oh, him sure. this weekend. I yeah, I won't. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll put some games in for I don't sure. Have yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's fair. I think most most of us are in some pretty pretty dire straits in terms of uh, terms of money left. But I mean. Dustin May was not a big strikeout guy to begin with. Remember, like he was always the guy. Like everybody's like, "Oh, look at the gifts, look at the gifts," and then you looked at the strikeout and you're like, "What?" What it was turning last year though, and it was only 23 innings, but it seemed like the breakout might finally be happening for Dustin May's strikeouts uh, because we, we'd seen a big spike. The swing and miss was finally there with a 14% swinging strike rate that was up from 8% the two years before they had a 38% K rate. Things were looking better, but we, of course he got cut down by that TJ. So we don't really know if that was a hot little blip or something to, uh, uh, to really dive into with Dustin May. I, I, I hear you with regards to understanding that they might not push because they don't really have to. Again, I did mention he got five in each of his last two outings, 68 and 70 pitches respectively, both against uh, the Round Rock Express. He had 18 Ks in those 10 innings as well. Uh, that's really going to get people excited about Dustin May. I wonder if we see some sort of piggyback situation. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if it because I think he should he he'll close uh, he'll relieve for them in the bullpen uh, in the playoffs got him all over the place in my words this morning because I think Dustin May will relieve in the playoffs. He could be the second guy in a piggyback situation, mm-hmm. which would at least put him in a big win spot. I don't know if that's going to happen. He is starting official start on Saturday, but I wonder how things will work out if or, or once Kershaw gets back and as they kind of downshift in September. I don't know. I understand going all in for May because the upside is there. But uh, just make sure your expectation – you understand that it, this could be a bust in terms of delivering you a true badass starter. You have to wonder if, like, maybe at some point they just tandem him and Andrew Heaney. That's um, what I'm thinking. That's exactly yeah. righty-lefty. Uh, Heaney's yep. been a disaster injury-wise this year, but a brilliant pitcher for the 31 innings that we have gotten. It makes sense to really just let them both go about three innings. And so that's yeah. and that's what I mean by bust with me. I don't mean that he's going to be bad. I actually think he'll be pretty good, even though I'm usually averse to TJ returners. He's been so nice in the minors that I, I feel like he could be be ready to go right away. But it might be two to four inning stints starting or out of the bullpen. We don't know. So I get going for him, but understand that there is some risk about him being your saver. As for Bueller, elbow surgery, it's it's not TJ, it's elbow surgery. Well, it hasn't been announced what the surgery is. Okay, so, so it might least, still be TJ. At least as far as it was last night when I was okay. writing the write-up. There, it, they had not disclosed what the surgery is. It sounds like TJ. Um, right. Certainly. Uh, uh, you know, season-ending elbow surgery after a grade two flexor strain. Kind of yeah, seems like it. Sounds like TJ. Uh, so, I mean... Obviously, you know, you probably should have dropped him already if you're oh, in the draft yes. league. Unless you had um, IL spots, in which case I understand, you know, just keeping him in one of those. But if you NFBC league, if you still have Walker Buehler, please. I mean, but that. even in most league, most leagues with IL spots, unless you have unlimited IL, yeah, you probably have two or three other guys. If it got that- tight, you should have cut him because it's yeah. been pretty bleak and now it's officially done. Obviously, we'll we'll get more info if it's TJ, then he's out next year. If it's something that he comes back from next year, 
zero chance he's on any of my teams. There you go. That's all I needed to know. Like I for Michael Bueller. Yeah, like this would be the red flag of all red flags. I would not touch yeah. him. I'm with you, uh, too. And I'm a Bueller mega fan. Uh, so this is me. Coming I, I love I have Bueller. I love Bueller too. Um, you know, I didn't get him this year, but it was just about where I ended up in drafts. It, like it wasn't like it wasn't about him uh, at all. I got I lucky. Dodged, yeah, I dodged a bullet because I was up there, but I ended up going Woodruff more over him. And you know, mm-hmm. Woodruff had a little bumpy start, but he's back on track. So I'm, I got lucky there. Tower Glass now threw a bullpen uh, a while ago. Last week, I think, is scheduled to do another one today on Tuesday. Uh, live hitters. He's awesome, but I don't know what we're getting here. He's he's working his way back from TJ. We know the Rays would be uber cautious. Is Tyler Glass now doing anything for you on the waiver wire? Are you going for him at all? This is bullpen's not even on rehab yet. I mean, unless they're going to make him the closer, um, which I mean, they, they theoretically could do. But I mean, like you got to think he has an. He, I don't think he has started his rehab. Not right? even on rehab. These are bullpens. So, and you, you guys, like you said, you got to think he's. They're going to be very conservative. So, thirty days is the length. Uh, you know, the max length of a rehab. I would assume he would be on there the entire thirty days. So he hasn't even started it. And we're talking yeah. f- at least four to five weeks. Like he, he might be available. Like if you're in a head-to-head league that does its playoffs or championship in the last few weeks. Maybe you stash him on your IL in the hopes that you get an effective reliever. He's not going to be a starter. Like, yeah, uh, and if he is, I think it's going to be three innings for Glass now at a pop. Yeah. I, I would not put any expectation here. I would not put more than a dollar. That's it yeah. for this year with, with Glass now. And then even next year, uh, depending on what we get this year, of course, but I'm not super giddy to get him just yet next year either with Tyler Glass now. All right, so that's the news. Let's get into this expected home run list. Now, again, this is a Twitter called Ballpark Pal. And uh, they highlight what they mean by by expected. Uh, these outcomes are based on exit velo, launch angle, direction, weather, and stadium from a blended data set of fly balls from 2016 to 2021. And uh, I'll put a link in the, in the show notes. You can get more details on it. Again, Ballpark Pal on Twitter. So they put some of the top guys who have uh, who've lost the most homers this year. The funniest thing is the number one guy is Aaron Judge. He has 46. He should have 60. Based on uh, how well he's which the ball. Uh, is is so infuriating because you would love to see a guy like Aaron Judge break the single oh, season. It'd be ball. awesome. I would love um, it. And it, it's not going to happen. But if he had sixty at this point of the season, it probably would happen. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, there'd be a good shot. And so he's being impacted uh, by the squish ball and probably some bad luck on a few others there. But fourteen homers in the tank there that he has not gotten. The number two name is one that really surprised me. We've talked a lot about him on this show over the years. It started with you. You know, the meme was always, you hate Dansby Swanson so much. It was always price-based. You've even come around on the fact that, hey, he's good now. So I, I was drafting him this yeah, year. Like, you, yeah, you're fine drafting him. So that yeah. meme has, has come full circle here. He's on a 16-15 season right now. Uh, 16 homers, 15 steals, 294 average, 74 runs, 64 ribs. Dansby Swanson at the deepest position in the league has been amazing. Would you believe that he's got 13 more homers that he's been ripped off of and uh, should be around a, uh, what would that make? A 29 homer clip. So he's lost almost 40, almost 50% uh, of his potential homers, 45%. And what we mean by loss again, is just circumstances happen. Sometimes they're just bad luck, 
but the squish ball has played a role here. What did you think when you saw Dansby Swanson number two on that list of missed out homers? One of the follow-up tweets uh, is a list of all the teams and how many team home runs. The Braves have lost 61 home runs. Damn. Um, and I imagine that's one of the higher ones. Yeah, they're fourth on the list. You know who's number one on the list? Who? The fucking Dodgers. Oh, my God. That seems so unfair. Yeah, yeah, but they, they actually should six, be better. 67 home runs. That's crazy. Um, I'm not surprised about the Braves because another guy that's on here is Riley. Yeah. Austin Riley should have 40 bombs based on this metric here. Um, he has 30 and an expected 10 that uh, he's lost to these circumstances here. So let me ask you just broadly first. What do you do with a list like this when you look at it? Does it does it give you anything? Uh, do you think, you know, hey, if if things go back next year where they – put more of a neutral or even a, a positive ball would, would any of these guys become draft targets? We're going to get into some more of the names, but when you see something like this, is it just for fun or do you have any stock that you put into it that you can, that is actionable? I don't know that you want to put too much stock into it, but I definitely would add a little like check Mark next to guys that aren't ready superstars. Right. So, you know, you look at the names on this list and, you know, Aaron judge, superstar like even Dansby mm -hmm. Swanson superstar like I, I think for next year he will be so because mm -hmm. there's, there's not gonna be a cheap price so yeah, yeah exactly I think we can put him there it's the guys like you know you look at Marcelo Zuna Marcelo mm -hmm. Zuna has been super disappointing and we expected a lot more power and I, so I, the guy ahead of him counts too I think a Eugenio yeah, but he's having a really, really good year in spite of that isn't he he is um remember when they both moved when Suarez and Winker moved I think we even talked about it on the show. I was less concerned about Suarez because he's got anywhere power. Mm -hmm. I was pretty terrified of Winker and basically took him off my draft list. Suarez having a nice little season, 19 homers, 117 OPS plus. But Justin, he should have 11 more homers. He'd be at, at mm -hmm. 29. That would be such a different painting huge, of his yeah. season yeah. for Suarez. Especially with a bad batting average. A 229 yes. batting average isn't doing you any favors. Um, yeah, I, I, he, he would definitely... Uh, get a boost, but like Ozuna, um, even a guy like Garrett Cooper, who's, who's a guy who I haven't really liked in the past. I know you have. Mm -hmm. Um, he'd be worth a dart throw. Yeah, like hey, nine like, homers for him, fifty-seven percent difference. He, he mm -hmm. would more than double his total if he'd gotten some of these expected homers. Now, some of that for Cooper is probably his park too. Miami suppresses pop, so yeah. some of that is just like hey, unless you move out of there, that's not going to change. But again, there's all the other factors too with the ball. Uh, being the ma the ma the major one of that grouping, and then there's also do you, do you put <laughs> crazy to say this, but do you put Yelich on that list now at this point? Based yeah, on how think, he's been. Yeah, because I mean he's a guy who's clearly played better than I think the numbers have shown this year. I think he's had a really nice bounce back season. I've got him in Tout Wars, uh, and he's been actually really huge for my for my team because it's on base percentage league, and he's got such a nice uh obp uh and he's you know getting someone stolen. he's never going to be the star that he once was but but he has like, 16 steals eight homers mm -hmm. and the expected here is another 10 another guy who gets more than double if he was 18 16 with a 356 on base percentage you're looking at crazy yeah we'd be like hey you know he's not a star and a superstar again but he's he's still a star like mm -hmm. um and i do think he's going to get probably underdrafted coming in next year because of that Agreed. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's definitely a guy that, Hey, this is going to be 
Um, I'm really glad you found this. This is a super cool list. Uh, I, I agree. Uh, I, I got to be honest. I just recently found this Twitter, and I swear. I, I just followed them during this podcast. Like every day since I followed them, they've had something else that I've been like, hey, this is great. So I was like, hey, I got to bring some of this on, on the show mm-hmm. today. At, again, at Ballpark Pal, they put out a lot of cool stuff, and this expected homer list is great. Now, based on your expected prices we don't have any prices yet we're going to get some prices soon rob dipietro is putting together a six I've got, round I've got, I've got prices oh you already did a draft i'm in my three sports draft. oh that's right that's right so you do have some ideas now based on this list here and and the prices that you're aware of who are you most likely to attack next year uh hoping that maybe you can get some more power if they de-squishify the ball a little bit um i mean i'm I mean, I'm definitely going to avoid Aaron Judge. I just think this is going to be such a He'll huge, be a top five pick, you know, yeah, top three yeah. pick. And it'll be in a new park more than likely. It doesn't seem like he's ending up back in New York. Um, you know, in spite of the fact that he stayed healthy all year, like the injury history still scares the crap out of me. Agreed. Um, you know, and I just don't think he's a guy whose body's going to age well. If my Giants sign him to a 10-year contract, I'm going to lose my mind. Um, it's, it's a full fade for me, too, and it's it's it, it's just about not paying the premium on him. Yeah. Right? We, we should have bought him this year and I pivoted late. And I was like, man, judge is going too late, but I didn't act on it. And I'm not saying that to get credit. I I, I lost. I, I did not get judge when they, when he was going in like the third, fourth, I was like, man, maybe that's too late for him. Even though I'm not, uh, I'm a little bit nervous about his health profile. His powers there, 46 and 12 with a hundred ribbies, 300 average. He's nuts, dude. But he's going to be a top three pick next year. So not him. So then who, who are you looking at as somebody that you would actually want to buy? Is, um, is it, uh, is I it? I think Yelich, Yelich and Ozuna, um, Austin Riley. Like I know he's going to be really expensive, but third base is still a pick. Um, and like, and I'm learning, like, I don't have a third baseman in this draft and we're about 150 picks into baseball and I'm looking at things and going, Oh no, this is not going to end well. Like, cause like, like, even like the Jose Miranda's of the world are gone. Like, I mean, there's like, there is nothing left at third base. Like I'm legitimately going to have an absolute scrub and hope to try to trade from a from a different sport for it later but let, let me eat a fat l on riley by the way he was my fade i was worried that the batting average wouldn't hold up the power never had a question about but when he hit 303 last year i was like hey might have to pay a premium on that i think he's probably more of like a 260 hitter nope hitting 291 power stayed there take a fat l on austin riley shouldn't ever quit him you know i tell the folly story all the time that's my, that's my own fault. I should have never, ever come close to quitting him. We've talked about him a lot th- during this year, and you were a full fade. Uh, I was pretty much a fade, too. I wasn't drafting him, but you weren't even ranking Max Muncy pretty much. And that's paid off. Mm-hmm. He is having a late surge to where he's up over average right now at a 103 WRC+. plus. But unless you're in an OBP league, he's still a big negative in fantasy. He's hitting 188, 14 homers, two steals. He's on this list. Uh, with nine expected more homers, putting him up to 22. Are you seeing anything in this latest stretch uh, that encourages you on some health with Muncie? Will you buy back in? What do you need to see to return to Muncie, a guy that we've been mega fans of, but the elbow scared us both to death this year? Oh, um, I mean, things are somewhat encouraging, but like they're not great or anything. Like there's nothing like, 
he he like he's been better. He's on a heater for what this season is. But we're yeah, still talking we're pretty still good talking, since the break. Yeah, right. we're still talking about guys hitting two sixty seven since the break. So like his heater is like what he should have been, right? Exactly. His heater uh, is is baseline basically. And, yeah. and it's come with five home runs. So we're talking about five home runs and eighty six plate appearances. Like that's fine. Like hey, that's okay. a forty homer pace. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if he could keep it up the whole year. Um, if he kept it up. Now, do you think the elbow is getting better, or is it just a heater? Like, are, are you seeing anything, even though it is a small run of 86 plate appearances, that suggests that Muncie might be feeling better, or do you just think he's caught a heater? Um, No, it, things seem to be getting better, which is surprising. Um, Like, you look at his max exit velocity, it's about 110. You look at it, you know, barrel percentage about you know twenty one percent, which is amazing. Oh, hard that's hit, a massive hard hit, jump. Yeah, hard hit rate is fifty four percent right now. Like um, that's up it, like 10, this, 12 points from the yeah, season this is, mark. This is since the break, so like we're just talking about like the last three weeks or so. Um, this is Muncie we're talking about, by the way. Mm-hmm. Continue. Yeah, so I mean, I think there, I think maybe he is getting better. Maybe maybe things are kind of turning around for him. And maybe he will end up being a, a decent bargain. I think the problem will be everybody will be saying, "Oh, he's he's a bounce back. He he's about." And I so I don't know that the price is going to be as cheap maybe as we would like. Um, Fair point, especially if he has like a good playoff. Yeah, and because he plays on the Dodgers, like in spite of the fact mm-hmm. that he's had a really bad season, like he still has forty nine runs scored and forty four RBIs. Like he's still going to end the year with like a in a bad year hitting, you know, close to 20 home runs and uh, an 80-80 type line, like the batting average will suck. Um, But, uh, like, people are going to be like, well, you know, you had a 217 BABIP and, you know. uh, And and the elbow. And the elbow looking better. Yeah. No, you're – and go back to your third base point. He also qualifies there and has multiple positional eligibility. So I think you're right that while Muncie will be cheaper, it might not be bargain basement because because of of the upside of him and the team context that he's on. He's going to go in the same spot as Anthony Rendon went this year. Um, And uh, and he's going to be probably – uh, overpriced, which is unfortunate, I think. It may may not be overpriced. Maybe but we'll, we'll you're see. not you're not going to get the discount that uh, we should have gotten, considering he's hitting 188 right now. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that on on Muncie for sure. A little bit of news. I don't want to say breaking news because it's not like crazy, but I want to add it to the rundown real quick. Going back to some of these injuries that we're talking about, uh, Mike Soroka starting a rehab. Mm-hmm. We'll start on Tuesday night. Now, this is a guy I love. Me too. But been a minute since we've seen him. We don't know what we're expecting. He had the Achilles injury and then got hurt again during the rehab, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So what are we looking at here? Do you Is this somebody you'd pick up? I, I will say this. I'll pick him up over Glass now, but that's not saying much because I'm not getting Glass now anywhere. Yeah. Would you go out and try to get Soroka as a stash? I don't think so, just because I think the Braves will be really, really careful with him, considering what he's been through injury-wise. They've um, already it, got six, by the way. Yeah, and he's one of the guys, because he doesn't have a huge strikeout rate, he really gets a lot of his value from volume. Um, mm-hmm. Like He's going to give you a lot of really quality innings, and he'll compile those strikeouts. Um, and if he can't do that, then there isn't much value there. Uh, yeah. You know, If he's not going to be able to go six innings in a start, which I can't imagine he will. Like I think he'll be a two-inning guy maybe. Uh, maybe even just a one inning guy. 
That's kind of what I think. And unfortunately, like that doesn't play. Plus, you're in a a dangerous park in a dangerous division, um, you know, with only one bottom feeder team in Miami. Uh, So, like, I, I, I don't, I don't, I think for next year, this is a really good sign, and he'll be a guy because as much as he's missed a lot of time with injury, it hasn't been with an arm injury. It's been it was you know a leg Achilles thing. So exactly, um, and finishing uh, the season on the mound will be good if Soroka can do that. Uh, they don't have six currently. Pardon me, Ian Anderson obviously sent out, so they have six potentially. But as long as they keep Ian Anderson down, of course Soroka would make it six. So I wonder what they do there. You know, we're we're seeing Kyle Wright deal with the arm fatigue right now, and Max Fried's on the concussion IL. He, Freed's supposed to be activated this week, though. Okay, good. That's good. And it does seem like um, Wright is just getting pushed back. He's not, like, off or on the IL mm-hmm. or anything. He just got pushed out of the Mets series into the Houston one. So from, from bad to worse in terms of uh, mm-hmm. potential start there. Do you think that – now, we know that Spencer Strider has no innings limit, which is amazing. He's They already have said that on record. Do you think Wright faces any sort of massaging or IP management I mean, I think you're seeing a little bit of that right now, but um, for the most part, no, because he pitched so many innings in the minor leagues last year. Like, I, I, I think I think you're dead on with that. So yeah, I'm not too I, worried. I think he's as long as he gets through this arm fatigue, I think Wright's fine too. So there's just not going to be that much room for Soroka. I agree with you. I think he's a two to three inning type guy for the most part. But I did want to bring him up just in case. If you are in like an NL only, you take the shot just because those three inning outings could be useful to you. But I'm not really sure any mixers I'm going for Mike Soroka right now. All right, let's talk about some available SPs. Before we move on from, I I know like uh, the home run list thing is really, really interesting. I want to just mention one other guy that I'm going to be all in on next year. And I think some people are going to be like, well, of course you're going to be all in in on him. But I think he's going to get downgraded because of the lack of power this year. Um, And that's JTO Ramuto. JTO Ramuto being on this list is absolutely huge. And we've seen some other catchers that are going to come up and jump up on rankings next year. And like in this draft, I mean, JT Ormuto was not the first or second catcher off the board, um, which was really surprising me. But we're talking about a guy with 15 home runs hitting 260. And if for some reason, like he got these home runs back, we're talking about a guy who could potentially, you know, uh, let's see, they had him. He's got 13 home runs. They're saying 22. Uh, he's got 15 stolen bases. A 22-15 season at this point with 262 batting average from the catcher position is legitimately like a top two-round pick. Um, and while I'm not a huge fan of spending that kind of capital on a catcher, I don't think he's going to cost that much. And so, yeah, Ruben Muto is a guy he's that – the number one catcher this year. Why did he not go first? Will I don't Smith know. went first? No, I think someone else went for it. I'd, I'd have to go double check, but a Contreras, um, uh, Kirk, Varsha. Now, now remember, this is a three-sport league, and so True. not everybody's as strong in baseball as they would be in other sports. What one of the reasons I kind of like it in terms of looking at how the, um, you know, how maybe the average player might, you know, approach things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think Kirk was the first one off the board. Um, I, I can get behind Smith at one, but Real Muto has to be two. I mean, yes, he's going to be 32, 15, but 15 stolen bases with a good batting average and a great lineup and a great part. I, I don't know how he can't be number one. Um, uh, you know, it's a one catcher I mean, league, so it's the only reason I didn't pull the trigger that early. But uh, Smith, Smith's, you know, four years younger. I, I can get Smith even with the speed, but that's it. I wouldn't do it. I would put Real Muto first. I'm I'm agreeing with you, but I'm saying I can at least understand. But Kirk, Kirk over him? 
you, you're yeah, tripping. You're tripping. Good call out there, Real Muto. Um, if he comes with that kind of discount, and uh, you know, if he has a big surge here, he'll he'll evaporate that discount. But if he just kind of keeps going along, I mean, he is the number one catcher already, so it's not like he's hidden. But I agree with you that at 32, people might start I, to down him a little bit. I, I honestly believe he probably should be a second round pick next year. So like, it's um, I, if, I don't if think he, you're if, wrong. If he's not going, if if he's going in that fourth round like he was this year, um, you know, I I'm not a big fan of early catchers, like I said, but I pulled the trigger on Real Muto a few times, and I'm really glad I did. Yeah, I mean that's that's paying that's paying nice right there mm -hmm. uh, with JT Real Muto. Good call out there to end the home run list discussion. Now let's move on to some potential available SPs of note. Sorry, 15-teamers, you're not getting as much here. This is really 12s and below that these guys are going to have wide availability. But they are some guys that uh, I think could be potential game changers for people down the stretch. We've talked multiple times about how difficult streaming is this year and finding guys on the wire. So hopefully we got some names here for you. And it happens to be a bunch of team groupings. I was kind of writing these li the list, and I was like, well, they're on the same team. Put them together. Well, these guys are on the same team. So we got four teams covered. We got a couple rising Red Sox. Have you been paying attention to what Cutter Crawford's been doing as a starter? I do because I've got him on a couple leagues. Um, he's, he's been nice, man. Like his relief numbers actually way down his line because he had a couple of horrendous outings as a reliever early in the season. So that 563 ERA and 163 whip are, are weighing him down with those 16 innings. In 48 and two-thirds as a starter, Carter Cutter Crawford has 370 ERA, 109 whip with 43 strikeouts. So, you know, under a strikeout per inning, but a decent little total there, eight per nine. And then I want to also throw in Michael Waka, who has returned. He had a gem on Sunday night against the Yankees uh, for his return, and he's been pretty good on the year. Now, he just missed a month and a half, but he returned with a bang. Still not doing it with any dominance, a very low strikeout rate, 59 strikeouts and 77 in the third, but everything else is popping off. His command has been there. Cutter Crawford and Michael Waka, a couple guys uh, for the Red Sox who are available. Who do you like better there? Give us your thoughts on these two. Mm, this is tough. I think they both have some pretty big blow-up potential um, w w mixed in with the upside. I'm going to go Waka just because of a little bit longer track record, which I mean, which means I think Boston will give him a little bit longer leash. Well, much, um, much longer track record, right? Crawford is yeah, yeah. brand new. Yeah. So do you worry you worry about his innings? Because Crawford, just for the record, threw 97 innings last year. And he's at, uh, what's that, 80, 89 this year. Yeah. And I just think if, if if Cutter Crawford has, like, two really bad starts in a row, he's gone. Like They'll, they'll, go, to, they'll go back they'll, to Winkowski. Yeah. So um, whereas Michael Walker, like, especially considering the foundation he's already built in his numbers, like he can survive two or three really bad starts. Um, yeah. Uh, now that may not be good for your fantasy team. because no. He just keeps getting run out there, but, um, yeah, I mean, he, the underlying numbers on, on Walker are not great. Like there is regression coming, but it's one of those things where like, Hey, maybe there isn't enough time to really regress him. Exactly. Like, uh, yeah, because I look at it too, and I, I, I'm finishing my SP rankings today. Finally, they've taken forever. It's going to be a huge opus. But um, I was writing up Waka last night, and I, I, I can't get beyond the 82% left on base rate and 234 Babbitt. That doesn't mean that I think he's a stone cold lockbox either. It just pointing those out, you, you have to point those out in how mm -hmm. above average they are. Um, 
I look at his 73% left on base rate and 298 career Babbitt, and I think he's going to regress toward those. But he is having some impact on why they haven't been making as much hard contact against Waka this year. If the strikeouts were better, I could get so much more into this. But there's just so much contact that I do think that there could be a sharp regression from Waka. Like you said, though, the clock might run out before it happens. He isn't as available as Crawford, 47% and 42% at Yahoo and ESPN, respectively, for Waka, whereas Crawford's at 13 and 6. So I'm fine pivoting to Crawford if Waka's not available, but I do favor Waka as well, slightly. Yeah, I... Um, I'm a little. I've, I've got walk on my tout team right now, so like I'm gonna play with that fire for a little bit. But uh, I don't blame you. I'm, I'm I'm really scared. <laughs> yeah, I, and you should be. You should be. I, I have them about uh, 17 ranks apart. Uh, 71 for Waka, 89 for Crawford. Let's move over to the other, the next team here on the list. It's a couple of interesting Orioles, or actually a trio of interesting Orioles. And it's not actually going to be uh, Kyle Bradish, who a lot of people have talked about. I could have included him here, but I think we've talked about him. Uh, Austin Voth. Dean Kramer and Spencer Watkins are the trio that we're looking at here. And they've been an interesting group. Now, a lot of it, plain and simple, is that that home park mm-hmm. is awesome. But that's okay. Like, that, that's fine to admit that. Um, it is a key driver in the success for these guys. I'll tell you what, though. Austin Voth is somebody that I liked him with Washington and thought maybe there, there could be something there. And it never really came together. And I think it might be finally coming together with him uh, and, and that home ballpark is playing a big role. Now Watkins does not have the dominance. Uh, he's, you know, he throws 90, 91, but he's been very good of late. And Dean Kramer, I think we talked about this on a recent episode. He is now the prize of the Manny Machado deal because uh, <laughs> UCL Diaz just has not come through and Kramer's having a breakout season. So you look at the trio uh, since like mid-June. And the reason I, that's my starting point is because that's the last time I did an SP update. So it's about a two-month sample. And they're about the same guy. Watkins has a 16% strikeout minus walk rate. Both has a 17%. Kramer has a 14%. That's a good shorthand to get you where you need to be with these guys. They've all got 367 or better ERAs. Kramer's whip's a little high at 131, but both is at 118 and Watkins at 104. Let's start with your favorite of the Baltimore trio, Spencer Watkins, Austin Both, and Dean Kramer. And then I'll get your thoughts on the other two. Who's your number one here that you're going to go for? Um, I do I think it's Watkins. Is that an agonized uh, decision because they're all so good or because you don't want any of them? I don't want any of them. Uh, oh, boo. I, I think Watkins, uh, you know, while his numbers haven't necessarily been great over the last few starts, um, uh, the underlying no, number, the, guy. The, the underlying numbers have been really, really good for, for Watkins yeah. uh, or much, much better. Like, so especially when he's pitching at home, I'm much more likely to, uh, give him a shot, and I have been rolling him out there in a few leagues. Um, Austin Voth, yes, like he, the numbers have been been good, but the level of competition has been really bad. And you could probably say that for all these guys because they're you know pitching against the same teams. Mm-hmm. Um, like his, his last seven starts: uh, Texas, the Angels, Tampa Bay three times, the Reds, and Pittsburgh. Like he has not faced a good offense. Um, in his, you know, in the last like month and a half, like so, uh, I yes, like he, I think you can continue to stream him against good matchups. Like it's, it's not his fault. That's the way the schedule lined up. He should, yeah. you know, you can't, you can't necessarily penalize him. 
but I don't know how legitimate it really is. It's um, contextual, right? You have to you have to be mindful of it. But you're right. You, you you can't only punish the guys so much for that, but it, it does go into the color of if you want to get them. I will say, you mentioned Tampa Bay three times. They're eighth in WRC plus against righties since July first. We perceive them as terrible, and I I have the same perception. But they've actually been, you know, over the last month plus, pretty good. And I mean, to his credit, like he only has seven walks in this time span. Like that's that's really really good. You know, he's going to limit any sort of damage that does pop up mm-hmm. if you're not putting men on base. So like maybe I think both is a little bit interesting here. Both uh, my Krim- number one. Kremer is like uh, zero interest for me. Um, he's actually been really really bad uh, since uh, July first with a five sixty ERA. Um, I yeah I, I know P, I know he went through like this like stretch where it's like hey you know he's back he's pitching well but that has ended um, well he he had to because uh, again that sample that I gave you is since six fourteen and he has a three sixty seven ERA so if he has that bad of an ERA recently that means the early part of that sample is, was yeah. really good and probably mm-hmm. where all his good starts reside now was that a schedule based thing for Kramer did he have some easy schedules early on and now it's gotten tougher or did he just regress uh, I think both. It's okay. definitely gotten tougher. He's got a tougher road. You know, he's got to start against Boston and, and the Yankees um, mixed in there. But he also got, you know, blast. Well, he got blasted at Cincinnati. I see he went you to know. Cincinnati. Yeah, gave up two homers. That'll do it. Ten hits. You know, uh, so, I mean, you know, in like a deeper format, maybe he's a team streamer. Like, hey, he's got a decent team, you know, decent matchup coming to Baltimore. Great. But probably not starting him on the road. Probably not starting him against half of that division. Um, so, so let's let's do it like this. Fifteen teams—they're all team streamers. Or are you out on Watkins? No, no, I, I think I'm most in on Watkins. Okay, so, uh, sorry, uh, sorry. So they're all at least team streamers in fifteen. I think they're, they're yeah, in a fifteen. I mean, at this point, like you said, like in our main event, like there is nobody to pick up. Like I mean, there's both nobody. is out there, and it's only because I got a couple names ahead of him because yeah. he was, he was on my target list, but uh, I, I got a couple guys just yeah. ahead of him. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't get him, but yeah, that's about it. It's not a whole lot out there. Yeah. Like, so yeah, a 15 team mix. I think anybody with a pulse can be viable at times, uh, especially when you've got such, so weird to say Camden's such a nice place to pitch. It's um, the most insane development. Yeah. of the year it's like the best place to pitch mm-hmm. so in 12 teamers uh who's a team streamer who's a standard streamer who you do who do you not want i don't think any of these guys are anything more than a standard streamer okay i think if That's you see it, I, th- I think if you see some good matchups coming up you go okay i'm gonna hold them for the next two weeks but yeah i think especially at this point in the season uh in which like there's so little time like yes you, you you're the definition of what is a team streamer becomes a lot more varied in your shallower formats. Like, you okay. know, you sh- you should be keeping your top 40 starters and then the rest are, should be team streamers. I, I agree. And I would do the legwork on the schedule schedules change, but yeah. try to map out what you can at least get a general idea. At and, least two weeks ahead. Yeah, exactly. And with the Baltimore guys, uh, all three obviously on the same team. You can finagle, you can see like okay, what happens if they get bumped off schedule? Does it go from a Detroit start to a Houston start, or does it go from a Detroit start to a Cleveland start? And Cleveland's way better than Detroit, but they're not 
terrifying the way a Houston would be. And I bring mm -hmm. that up specifically because they have a run where they face Houston and Cleveland, but then it's mixed in with, I, I said Detroit, but like Oakland's right there. So you would want to see yeah. like, who gets that. Okay. So that's fair uh, with the, with the Orioles. Let's move on to our next club here. The Royals, the Royals on the rise. Now there's a little split here. The first guy I think is, is well above this group and that's Brady Singer. And, and he's on just another level right now. And then Lynch and uh, Chris Bubich are more in the uh, range of the other guys that we've talked about. So let's start with Singer, who is not as widely available and is has been absolutely awesome. I feel like um, – I don't know that it's the full breakout, but I feel like this this is kind of the breakout of, of Brady Singer here that's going to lead to a lot of hype for next year. 57% of Yahoo, 38 at ESPN. I think those numbers are too – both way too low. What do you think of Brady Singer and what he's been doing lately? Um, Brady Singer is an iceberg. We're seeing the tip of the monster right now. And if he has a small change mm -hmm. and by small change starts throwing the change up more. He, he already can, did, but I, even more, I agree with you. It, it, it's, it's like 7% right now. Yeah. If he can get that to 12, 13%. Um, he could be a potential SP two in fantasy. Totally agree. Uh, and I mean, I, I wrote him up. Language. I wrote him up after his start the other day. And um, and here's the thing: in in our leagues, in the leagues, you know, on NFBC, yeah, he's not available. Absolutely, he's thirty six percent rostered, or at least he was after that start. Um, on ESPN, yeah, and fifty seven at at Yahoo, which is still widely yeah. available. I yeah, got his so, finger everywhere right now. Absolutely. Like he, um, he is going to be one of my top draft targets next year. Same. Uh, I'm going to be pushing that ADP up. So I apologize. Why do uh, wake sleeper baby? Yeah. He, 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 he is a legit dude pitches in a great ballpark in a really great mm -hmm. division to pitch in. Um, I, yeah, I, th I think he, he's, he's legit a potential ace. Um, we are in lockstep there. I mean, this yeah. was a premium prospect. He is, you know, starting to show, why he was, you know, last year was kind of the growth season, which showed glimpses. This year, he's taken a bigger step forward. Former second round, uh, former first rounder, excuse me, from Florida, uh, 18th overall pick. He was drafted in the second round by the Jays in 2015. And said, "Now I'm going to go to college." Bumped his stock up into the first round, and he's only 25, right? Like it's not like, oh, finally with him, it's hey, this is the normal trajectory, and Brady Singer is on it. Now the other two guys, like I said. Uh, you look at the the trio since uh, June 14th when I did my last update, and they have they all have good ERAs, but the other two guys, Lynch and Bubich, have horrendous whips in that period. 143 for Lynch, 146 for Bubich. Now, they have improved since then, but using that full two-month sample there, uh, those were running pretty high. Now, over the last month, it's at a 123 for Bubich and a 135 for Lynch. So still pretty high for Lynch, uh, mostly due to a 322 Babbitt, a lot of hits going through. But both these guys, both these lefties, Bubich and Lynch, have found some viability too. Are you looking at them in uh, in shallower mixed leagues, 12s and below, where they're going, going to be widely available? Chris Bubich and Daniel Lynch, who do you like best? I want Daniel Lynch to be good. I, 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 it's I, there, I want, right? It you is can, there. And you if, you cut, if you cut off one of those starts from that most recent sample, it is there. Um, you know, uh, since uh, it is last three starts, so since the All-Star break, um, he's got a 220 ERA uh, and a 116 whip 
with almost a strikeout an inning in 16 innings. And these starts are against the White Sox, the Red Sox, and the Dodgers. That'll play. And I remember on the Dodgers one, he walked four but only gave up two hits. It felt like he mm-hmm. was not trying to give in against them and, and really battling. I was actually pretty impressed. Even though it was only three strikeouts, four walks, it was five innings, two runs, or two, two hits, no runs for Lynch against the Dodgers. I came away impressed with that outing. Uh, because I felt like he was trying to make sure he that he didn't give up that big hit, and he avoided that. So I'm with you. I like Lynch a bit more than Bubich. Have you found some streamer viability in Bubich though? Because he's been uh, he's been doing his thing lately too. Yeah, I mean Bubich, the the main issue there. You can also call him tit scratch if you want. <laughs> it's a neither or um, situation, Bubich or tit scratch. Yeah. The problem with the problem with Tit Scratch is that uh, he walks so many guys, and um, it's been better, uh, but well, not really. Um, and when the ball does fly out of the yard, it's not going to be a solo shot. Um, and so, or when he, you know, the defense lets him down, or you know, he's just given up. He's just or just because of a base hit. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. Just saying there's traffic all the time with Boobie. Yeah. And that does make things difficult. But are you seeing some growth here uh, or just a hot run? Because, you know, he does have some decent numbers of late. Uh, If you look kind of since just July 1st, 340 ERA. But then to your point, the whip jumps up to. Yeah, he's a a killer in your whip. Um, And that's pain. 140 is hurting you yeah a team streamer i guess um in good matchups i mean the the one thing is that he hasn't really had good matchups over his last five starts uh it's tampa bay at the yankees boston white Sox, twins like he hasn't gotten he like you know he might get some uh some uh not royal starts obviously but uh some tigers starts yeah you know uh so like when he's got those kind of matchups yes when he doesn't Probably not. Like he is, he he's a guy. I mean, I've got no problem, kind of bumping up. He, and he down. could just be a standard streamer where you cut yeah, him after honestly. you use him, especially then, in a ten or a twelve. Yeah. Yes. Sure. The interesting thing on Bubich, he's not leveraging the home park. He's actually markedly worse at home. Five thirty six ERA, one sixty six WHIP at at Kaufman, and that's supposed to be a boon for the guys over there. So he's not really leveraging that. I think he's definitely the least refined of the three. I'm still keeping tabs on Bubich, but I love Singer and I'm, I'm definitely in on Lynch uh, and, and feel like he's making big steps forward. He'll be an actual sleeper next year. Cause I don't think, I, I think Singer will, will again, be a wide awake sleeper. Everyone will be in on him to the point where there's no sleeping there. But mm-hmm. I think Daniel Lynch could actually be a legit sleeper where he's very Absolutely. cheap yeah. and, and, and high upside. All right, let's finish with a couple of Cubs. Uh, Keegan Thompson and Justin Steele, they've kind of been in the consciousness uh, of streaming throughout the year. I think they started as 15-team type streamers. Now they're both being held in 15-teamers because uh, they're they're toting mid-threes ERAs with rough whips, uh, especially Steele at 141. Thompson's at 127, which isn't terrible. Uh, Steele has the Ks to kind of mitigate his whip. Thompson has the better whip in the lesser case, 88 and 102 thirds. Steele has 106 strikeouts and 101 and two thirds. So I have them very similarly ranked. I don't have a big split here, so that's an acceptable answer if that's how you feel. But uh, do you have a preference between Thompson and Steele? And if so, who? Um, oh, that that's a really tough question. I think I don't really have a preference. I ranked them literally right next um, to each other. So, I mean, that again, that is an acceptable answer as far as I'm concerned. You know, they, they both have kind of 
different issues, but the same issue. They both have trouble keeping men off bases. Yes. You know, their 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 control kind of comes in and out. Um, steel, I guess, is a little bit better with the homer suppression. I tell you um, though, I, he's one of those guys I watch, and I have the disconnect between his stuff and the results he gets. When I watch him and he's on, I'm like, this guy should be a monster. He's got you yeah. know some nasty stuff. And then you look at the results, and you're like, ah, it's just not there. But of late, Justin Steele has been getting into his strikeout bag a bit, and I'm hoping that it's that it's you know something uh, a, a sign of future things. It's just a three start run, but he does have 14% swing strike rate in that run, and I'm like, okay, are we finally seeing something here? It's just the problem is when he doesn't have it, it's like a five percent swing strike rate and like a two strikeout kind of night, and those yeah. are tough. And I mean, he's still running at like an above above league average zone contact rate. So like, it's it's a matter of like he has to stay out of the zone, which then leads to those walks, right? If, yep. if people just decide to spit on it, um, you know, I I don't I don't see like a huge step forward for either of the guys. Like I think they're fine streamers this so year or next year. You don't see a step forward next year, even for for next year, really. I mean, okay. uh, for this year. I think you take advantage of Pittsburgh. I think you take advantage of the Reds. Uh, you know the the bad teams in that. Ideally, division. on the road with the Reds, you don't yeah. want to go too Cincy. Mm-hmm. But but I would take those guys in Cincy, Steele and Thompson. Yeah, I think, I'd be okay taking that shot. I I think I would be a little bit more likely to take a shot on Steele um, in. Uh, in the road starts as opposed or like in Cincinnati, just because I think he does a, he does a pretty good job at home run suppression. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, if there is a guy that I think is going to take a step, I think it is steel, but um, I, you know, he's got to figure out a way to, to more regularly miss bats. Um, I agree. While, while getting people to actually chase outside the zone, not just throw it outside. He has zone. the stuff to do it too. It's just I not think as so. consistent. Do, um, one last thing on Steele. You mentioned the home run suppression. He went from a 26 homer to five ball ratio last year and a one nine homer nine in 57 innings. He's at 9% this year with a 0.62. Obviously that's one each end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's closer to the, to the guy who's suppressing the homers, you think he can maintain something in this 9% homer to fly ball range with a good home run rate? Or are you worried about, uh, cause he has a ground ball guy, 51% ground ball. Are, are you, are you believing in the new home run suppression for steel? Um, not entirely. Like, I don't think it can be this good necessarily, but I don't but, think, but more than the guy he was last year. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's much closer to this than he is to, uh, does a good job of keeping the ball down. So, like, yeah. I, you know, I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to, like, revert back to the guy that was giving up almost two homers per nine last year. I That's think what I think, too. I think he probably is around one homer per nine. And yeah. I think and I can live with that. that. Yeah. He's at point six right now, which is definitely, you know, going really hot for, uh, for Steele. But I agree, he's not quite that good. All right, last thing then. Give me your two favorites from the whole group here. If you're if you're in a 12 team or 15 teams, there's sporadic availability. Uh, give me your two favorites that aren't Singer because he's such a cut above. Uh, yeah, I was I was about to say because right, he's too far Singer's above. Singer's one and it's not even close. Yeah, um, he 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 has our easy number one. I included him because there were three Royals there, but the rest are all kind of in the same grouping. Who are your two favorites uh, in a 12 teamer that you would go out and try to get right now? I know you don't know the schedules by heart. So just go off of skills right now. And they- I'm, I'm going to go Daniel Lynch okay. um, is one and Michael Walker is two. 
I think that's where my rankings are as well. So I'm going to stay intellectually honest and, and say, yep, those are, yeah, 69 for Lynch, which is pretty nice, and 71 for Waka. I got Tid Scratch at 73, and then everyone else is in the 80s or lower. Vote yeah. is next at 81. So I'm with you there. All right, Justin, we talked some hitters, we talked some pitchers, we, we've got a full mix in. What do you got coming up the rest of this week? Uh, how's the teeth? Feeling all right? Uh, teeth are feeling okay. I'm really looking forward to getting the stitches out so I can actually start wearing my replacement yeah uh so that way i can actually pronounce my s's you're getting better though you really are yeah i'm not just gassing you up like it's gotten better each subsequent pop i think it's probably more in my head than it is like understandable you you sound like cindy brady to yourself i know that's a really old reference but yeah that's what you hear it is a really old reference um What, what can i say so, but yeah, I, th- I think, you know, hopefully Wednesday I'll be able to start wearing that and uh, that'll be um, uh, a lot better. Uh, and yeah, but uh, other than that, like things are going well, just, you know, doing the daily writing at Fangraphs and um, DFS is going really well for me. And yes, I, I'm, I'm game planning and you and I are going to talk some more off air um, about the off season. I'm really going to do some different things um, this off season, some with the pod, some not with a pod, but like, I think you and I are going to change some things up uh, for, especially for the Patreon, but just in general, just um, do some cool different things that hopefully will uh, people will enjoy. So uh, if you are, you know, a diehard and if you're still listening, you probably either competing or a diehard for baseball uh, mm-hmm. We're going to be going strong all oh, yeah. off season, and uh, and we're going to incorporate some new things before other pods come back. Um, exactly, we'll to, be there uh, all the way. Yeah, and yeah, it's been hard to give a value add to the Patreon with with time and everything. It's on the forefront of our minds, though. Yeah, and we're going to make it better in the off season. Um, and that's going to be where you're going to get the biggest edge. And then we're going to have kind of mapped out thing in season. So, you know what to expect, right? Cause we yeah. did not, we did not make the grade on that this year. We appreciate everyone's support. It's going to have a value add and it's not just gonna be Patreon stuff. It's not just like, Hey, give us money. Our off season plan at Fangraphs yeah. is going to be tighter and better. Um, and I know we talked about you doing a chat. It's probably too late for you to get on chats next year or off season and next year. You, you, you got to get, chat. if you have the time available, cause people have been asking for you. So we'll get all that. Just want everyone to know that, you know, hopefully you've enjoyed the pod and, and the content, but there's more coming and we're going to make mm-hmm. that Patreon a lot better, a lot more useful. And I'm actually, you know, I'm excited for the off season in that it's a great time to to put out great content. Uh, I'm not excited for it in that there, there'll be no baseball. So it's that push pull where I'm like, yes, it's going to be great to execute, but I will miss baseball. Uh, first Bad. pitch, Arizona. Um, I know Jason and I kind of briefly talked about it on Sunday. And we did last time too, but uh, yeah. every, every episode we got to let people uh, know. And we're going to have uh, Ray Murphy um, on the pod on Sunday this week. Uh, okay. Uh, but uh, they released the World Series schedule. And Game 5 would be scheduled for that Wednesday before, which is the day I'm going to be flying in. Um, I might have so, to go early then. Yeah. Uh, so, like... Uh, for those who weren't there last year, it was it was earlier, and so the first round of the playoffs, uh, and we had some awesome watch parties. Uh, it was great um, uh, for the playoffs. So uh, remember when I, somebody I, was saying Cody Bellinger's dog shit? Yeah, I remember. I remember that. That was um, that got heated. Got it heated. was me. I don't know who it was. Oh, it was, it, yeah, it was uh, me. It was me talking uh, to Nick. 
Yeah, I remember. Um, I, so, I know you do. I know you do. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, we do a live pod from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm actually uh, planning on maybe doing a few live pods uh, while I'm there. Just uh, you may not all be sleeping on the bus, maybe TGFBI, maybe um, uh, FWFB, uh, maybe a new venture that I'm thinking about starting as well. So, uh, yeah, so new there's going to be a lot of fun stuff this offseason. So don't go anywhere. Don't go um, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Justin Mason FWFB at Spore. Um, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a lot of fun stuff. If you're a baseball fan, we got you all year. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's great. All right, Justin, talk to you later in the week. Peace. Take it easy.